there's full MCU spoilers up to Infinity War in this episode. will be with that, but all I could say is I'm pumped, pumped, let's talk a little bit about Iron Man, alright, I'm really excited for whatever comes of Tony Stark, um, whatever happens to Tony in the new Avengers, in uh, Endgame, I am just going to say one thing, a million things, I don't know, I've probably said it already, but I don't think I've emphasized enough how big of a fan of uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man that I am, and, and, and I think everyone is, I mean, why wouldn't you be? Talk about charm, talk about wit, talk about charisma, he's like the godfather of the MCU, and I've said it before, but I'll say it again. The first Iron Man. Man, that movie hit me hard. Honestly, didn't know what I was walking into that day. Um, I did know that I was going to see a superhero movie. Um, Even up to that point, there were plenty of superhero movies. So, what did this movie have to be to kind of redefine the standard? Or, I mean, I I was a kid. I was a sophomore in high school. So, I mean... Everyone calls, uh, they were a kid 10 years ago. I mean, I felt like I was the smartest guy in the world. Um, you know, which I was and still am. <laughs> no, but really, it, the best way I could describe it is the technology, like the CGI of the technology, the subtle use. A lot of that touch technology wasn't even around then. So seeing um, that futuristic techie, or if you're rich enough, you can just have everything. The phone he had was futuristic, you know. And then he gets in the suit, and there's weight to the suit, and the suit looks as real as can be. You usually didn't see CGI that tasteful um, up to that point. John Favreau did a miraculous job of delivering uh, a heartfelt story with touches of action. The superhero story needs to be built up by that, the story. If there's no story, you're just looking at a bunch of computer, um, groundbreaking computer revel. I mean, even then, um, the people who are editing these things, if they're looking, I don't know, you know, I'm not going to compare to anything because there's plenty of movies with bad CGI where movies were just kind of phoned in. 
all I'm saying is we really do and, and this has it's, I'm not the first person to say this and I won't be the last Iron Man is the reason the MCU is as successful as it is it was a gamble and that is really something to look at and something to think about because um, you got to take chances, obviously. Is that, but I, why do I say obviously? It's not like obviously, like you should know it. Like I'm not trying to sound snobbish in any way. It's I say that to my. It's like, well, isn't it? Doesn't it sound obvious? But it's not. You know, the most thi- the, the things that sound obvious, and you're thinking in your head, man. Well, I know that. Um, well, for me, it, it's a lot of the time the stuff I'm just being ignorant to. And it's okay. You're not perfect. Failure. It comes every day. Um, and and they knew that. Iron Man could have failed. But they didn't... John Favreau didn't care. Uh, Kevin Feige really cared. They, 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 they did... What, <laughs> they took the gamble because they believed in it. And, um, and it showed. That movie still holds up. Go watch the original Iron Man. I mean, you should if you're going to if you've been on this run. I'm sure you have. Um, and yeah, this episode we're gonna mostly focus on MCU because there's gonna be a lot of off time after Spider-Man: Far From Home in July. So this is a big reason why I started the podcast was Endgame. So I say we do a nice send off. We're gonna probably do a pre episode, and this is gonna be like one of the pre episodes of discussion. I don't know if there's gonna be multiple. I will release. A full spoiler episode probably maybe a week or two after the movie drops so everyone got a chance to see it there's nothing even floating around out there spoiler wise i really want to talk about my my take on the movie i've always said that this isn't a movie review or review podcast really it's more or less my um, humble opinion or humble take on everything and i usually like to stay pretty positive i don't think i'm gonna dislike this movie i walked out of the last jedi pretty happy i walked out of Age of Ultron as happy as can be and those are that one some fans weren't as happy with and it really is I'm not like patting myself on the back it's just a mindset Um, the people who tend to not enjoy these movies the people who give themselves these well there's their fans the fans who really really have a vision for what the movie should be they're setting themselves up usually to be a little bit angry because I'm sorry but you're never going to get everything you want the best way to go into a movie like this is with an open heart and that's what I've done with every single one of the MCU films and every time a movie's added I feel like I'm going home 22 movies in yeah when I'm going into the theater the lights go down man I'm home and um, I'm just excited to see where the you know the creators of this juggernaut <laughs> I gotta retire that word I use it too much but this you know this franchise where they're gonna take it what their decisions were if you don't trust them at this point why are you still here but that's a very very small little nitpicky community um, and I don't think you get a lot of that with them see you I think fan bases tend to fall apart when um, directors do make those tough creative risky choices and the result is they're not liked or loved or praised like Iron Man or they don't work out as well as Iron Man but I would have rather had Ryan Johnson's The Last Jedi than a remake of The Empire Strikes Back because Ryan Johnson put the movie he wanted out and whether you like it or not 
in time, when that trilogy is finished, and then years go by, we'll only really be able to tell where that movie sits in the entire franchise. Now, the uh, only MCU movie I didn't see in theaters is The Incredible Hulk with uh, um, Edward Norton. And I saw that at home on DVD or whatever when it came out. It was the first one after Iron Man. I really liked it when it came out. But continuity, big thing for me. I can't... So when I knew they were doing... um, Mark Ruffalo as Hulk when they recast him it, it shook me up a little bit because I had been watching the Thor I watched, you know, Thor came out Captain America came out and then you're thinking I mean if, unless you're following it super closely I mean I'm kind of a person who likes I can't follow something so closely it'll ruin it so I'm just kind of waiting for the trailer to drop and I'm thinking it's Edward Norton but then we find out that it's Mark Ruffalo it's not that the trust me I actually like Mark Ruffalo but another guy who's overcome I've learned, recently learned who's overcome a lot. The story of the Avengers on the outside is, is almost miraculous as the story we're watching on screen, what these people have overcome. You know, Chris Evans has gone on record talking about overcoming depression and anxiety. Um, Chris Hemsworth, I don't, I don't know what his troubles were, or are. I think he lives a pretty miraculous life, but I don't know. You never know where people come from. I know there's other Hemsworths. I know everybody, all these people, um, Robert Dunn Jr. too. He came from, you know, a successful Hollywood career to a very, very tough time in his life, uh, falling into drugs, depression, and a lot of other, uh, you know, deep-rooted issues. And, and when you're under a microscope, it tends to get a little bit worse. Watching Scarlett Johansson uh, the whole time grow across the movies from Iron Man 2 when she was introduced. And yeah, smoking hot. John Favreau made that, and she's come out in interviews maybe saying like, yeah, it's kind of nice not to be dressed up as the uh, waitress, you know, but she was an undercover S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, as we know. I mean, I really, really love Scarlett Johansson, Black Widow. She became, she's slowly become my, I mean, everyone's my favorite, but I'm really looking forward to her movie, um, because what they did was they kind of took the love interest factor out of her, which I was getting annoyed by, too. They kind of were... Um, they were really trying to get her with the Hulk and uh, Mark Ruffalo, which they might still do, but the way they've they've um, given her more depth and um, she's a real asset to the team, not just in her strength, which is a human being who can hold up with the Avengers. She's an Avenger. She's an Avenger on pure strength um, and human determination. It's honestly one of the coolest characters in the MCU. And um, she deserves every movie she can get out of this. Um, I think she deserves four front, four, a four movie franchise. And um, I want to see spy movies in the MCU. Yeah, let's do it. Because it's this is um, a cinematic masterpiece. You know, and when we move on to uh, the first Thor. Um, well, I think Thor came out before Captain America, yeah. And I didn't know Anthony Hopkins was in it, and um, I underestimated it. I, I went in with low expectations. And, uh, you know, the fan base these days, they don't like the first Thors, two Thors as much. As I said, I'm not as critical as everyone else. Um, Dark World, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a little bit more about why I wasn't crazy about it. But I, I didn't hate it either. Um, 
with the first Thor, I, th- I really enjoyed. I liked the character. I liked the. I liked. I liked everything about it. I liked the giant beamy robot thing at the end. Um, I thought the fact that this is on the same planet that Iron Man took place was really cool. Um, I. It got me real excited for what was the possibility to come. I didn't really think too much of what was to come. I enjoyed Thor as a solo movie. A lot. And then Captain America the First Avenger came out. And what a what a wash. You know, like a World War II movie. And then at the end he wakes up and he's in modern day New York. That was a way, and was, you know, and then we got Nick Fury, and all of a sudden the Avengers is happening, right? Like this, when Captain America comes out, we know the Avengers is coming. It's the one right before, I believe, right before Avengers is dropped. At the end of Captain America, the first Avenger, when Red Skull supposedly in quotes dies, I noticed from the get-go that that guy got zapped into outer space portal somewhere. I knew it. And I was as crazy, I was as crazy as Thanos to my friends. And you know what? I don't know if anyone ever came back and gave me the props for uh, predicting that, like, so early on. I believe Dave was, uh, (laughs) hey, Dave, I believe I'm, uh, I believe I proved you wrong there. I think we talked about that at the end of uh, the movie. I was like, hey, didn't that guy, didn't Red Skull get zapped into outer space? You're like, I'm pretty sure he's he's dead. No, I can't can't definitively quote you on that. I might just be completely making that up. But uh, Dave's not here to defend himself, so it's just the best possible time to talk about it. Mm. So, Eric, are we ever going to get an Alec Baldwin and then see you? Probably not. We'll see about that, Eric. <laughs> we will see about that. Yeah, maybe. You know what? I wouldn't hate it, but it got have to be the right part. You know, the John C. Riley Nova Court movie. That is something I'm looking forward to. If that ever happens, you know, I hope John C. Riley makes an appearance in Endgame. That would be my like dream come true. You're like, hey. I'm here to meet the Avengers. Uh, uh, okay, I, I used to have a pretty good John C. Riley impression, but okay, there it is. Watching the first Avengers was really special in a lot of ways. It was, in a way, a sequel to the first Thor movie. It was a sequel to all of the movies that we uh, seen up to that point in the MCU. I mean, the, we had already had two Iron Mans, so that was exciting to see Iron Man at the front of the fold. Um, I remember first impressions on that were, um, I mean, it was just pure, pure golden excitement the whole way through. I think a first initial reaction wanted me to have them assemble quicker, and that's what the trailers kind of led to, that they were going to kind of be together from the get-go, but in, like I said, the greater scheme of things, man, that movie is a out-of-the-park home run. You know, the way that they commit, they're not going to, Joss Whedon established that, uh, you know, a lot of groundwork, character work, um, you know, we, we got to see some of the building of the team, which is more important than just getting to see um, these heroes unite without any stakes. So right now I'm going through a um, recent Screen Rant article called Avengers MCU Recap. Recrap. Avengers MCU Recrap. It sounds like an old man misunderstanding um, any of this, but uh, no. Avengers MCU Recap. The most important things to remember. By Thomas Bacon. 
published on April 21st, 2019 in SR Originals. Credited. Um, I'm just kind of using, I know the MCU very well, but um, I got this on another screen and I'm just kind of using it to, you know, as like a little timeline for me to, you know, uh, go down in my own way. I'm not going to read you this article, but in case I take any specific wording from it, um, I'm crediting it because it's, uh, it's, it's a nice little base to read down a little time. Okay, do you understand what I'm doing? Do you understand? Do you get it? Do you get it? I'm trying to just credit this thing. I'm, I'm so weird today. Okay. So we know what happens in the first Avengers. <laughs> let's let's just uh, you know remember Iron Man's little sacrifice, little sacrifice. He brought the missile into the void. Um, this is a big character moment for Tony. Um, at the beginning of the Iron Man series, we get to see Tony pretty much um, selling the weapons that are being used to terrorize the world and. At the end of this exact movie, he's guiding one of those missiles into outer space to save that world. And that is a... That, that's a superhero. <laughs> that's a superhero. You know, I almost would have been... Not content, but... Man, if the franchise just ended there, it would have been a great franchise. But... Why would anyone want, want to stop that train? Why would anybody want to stop that train? Um, Loki was such a good villain um, in his own right because he, he he used a little bit more wit than he did, um, you know, like Thanos with the big. He's not as muscly, but he um, he wasn't that smart either. I don't think he, he used too many brains in his um, in his plan. I think he could have swept in a little bit better. Excuse me. I don't know. I'm, there's a squeaky chair. Recurring guest. On the IMDb credit for this thing, it'd be me, then, like, squeaky chair at, like, equal amount of episodes. Like, if one episode, you're like, whoa, where's the squeaky chair on that one? You know what I mean? You're, like, you're thinking, like, you see, like, you're looking at the cast of How I Met Your Mother, and you see, like, oh, I can't think of the one Marshall was. Oh, okay. It's like that one. It's like squeaky chair's probably got, like, one or two. He didn't make it in, but even if I didn't notice, he's probably been here this whole time. I've been fighting a cough and a little bit of a cold. I mean, God, I can't get off sickness. Um, it's probably be, uh, probably back pay for all the non-dieting and non-gym going. But I'm working up to it. I'm hoping that these superheroes will guide me into the gym. They won't. I'm going to eat popcorn and watch this movie. But then I'm going to get back to it this summer. That's my promise. That's my promise. Robot. 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 Speaking of robots, phase two leading into Age of Ultron. Which, by the way, I've been doing my own little recap watch. I've been watching my favorites. Um, but I wanted to say that uh, Iron Man 3 was also probably one of the most underrated of the franchise. And I really enjoyed it. It's kind of a a rogue survivor story. You know, Iron Man gets knocked off his uh, pedestal out of the PTSD of what happened in the Avengers. Um, and he's... He's not himself. He's got um, anxiety. He's depressed. He's having um, literal night panics. Uh, this is where we really start to see Tony unfold. <laughs> I like my language here. I just love the analyzation of this as if it were... I mean, it's a, it's, it's a classic 
this is kind of similar to what Shakespeare and the theater was in the, um, you know, in the prime golden age of theater that we all know in history. The years that span that. Because we all totally know that. I know that. Off the top of my head so much that I'm not going to say it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know what I mean? It's, it's, people used to come together for these grand, uh, these grand showings. It's kind of like dramatized. I've, I've, I've heard Bill Burr. I've heard Mark Maron. I, I, I hear a lot of the people I'm a fan of. Um, not really big fans of this. And their perspective of it is just big muscly guys getting into super suits and like they think we're like relating to it. No, I, I understand the outside view of it, but it's so much more than that. You know, the way that MCU delivers this story is, is what makes it makes these CGI superhero moments more important. Um, Thor The Dark World, not everyone's favorite, but not the worst movie of all time. Um, yeah, and the one thing that bothered me always about that, Dave said he had more problems with uh, Thor Ragnarok, which I think he needs to reconsider. For me, I think Thor Dark World was the weaker one um, because I don't know why the Avengers wouldn't assemble for a, as big of a threat as uh, Malekith. Did I say that right? Malekith. As Guardians keep the space stone. Uh, it's not even saying... They, the, uh, this article barely barely hits uh, the points of that movie, but it's just pretty much... Um, brings in the reality stone to play too so then we got the tesseract and the reality stone um the ether ether moving into captain america winter soldier um this is when shield gets compromised from within hydra right and um yeah what a ride uh, it was good to see scarlett johansson out of her element this is the first time we get to see the russo brothers directing um you know, and I was a fan of the Russo brothers before they came into the fold. Uh, they they were big players on Community. They directed episodes Community, I believe, wrote with Dan Dan Harmon. And, um, yeah, there's my little Dan Harmon name drop. Um, <clears throat> that guy's working out every day. I'm, like, I'm like on an opposite scale of him. Um, Captain America went to Soldier. We get to meet uh, the Falcon in that one. Who uh, I underestimated, I believe, because I really love him. He's become one of my favorites. No, I mean, I accept him into the mix as much as anyone else. Um, and then we got Guardians of the Galaxy, which was a, a fucking great movie. I mean, great standalone film. It didn't even really need to be part of the MCU to be as good of a film as it was. But of course, we had deep roots into the MCU, more like deep roots. Um, Ronan the Accuser. He, uh, he's after the Power Stone, and he's trying to collect it for Thanos. But, now I'm reading from the article. Decides to use it to destroy uh, planet Xandar instead. I'm reading from a Screen Rant article, and I, I labeled it, and I will tag it. Um, yeah, so pretty much, the Guardians of the Galaxy assemble pretty much like the Avengers in this movie. And it's pretty, it's as big and powerful to me as an Avengers movie. Um, they did have, kind of have, like, one too many cop-out death moments where, like, the guy person's dead and then they're not. You know. And he, um, and then Peter Quill, though, sacrifices himself. Um, and this is when we kind of learn he's a little more extra, he's an extraterrestrial or, um, whatever his dad ego is, we'll probably see it I want, it's not testicle, but that's what it sounded like. Oh, fuck. Age of Ultron. All right.
right, this is what I really like. I think this movie is going to be bigger in the long long term, um, in the scheme of things. I think how Endgame pans out really is going to have the biggest effect on how Age of Ultron is remembered, really. Because Age of Ultron is right dab in the middle of a story that's not yet completed, and it's a bridge between phases um, and slightly awkward teenage year transitions, but it, in the long run, was a fantastic movie, and when I watched it again, I swear, when I watched it just again the other day, I really enjoyed it more than I remembered, probably because even in light of Endgame, I mean, in light of Infinity War, watching Age of Ultron, you think, when you're watching Age of Ultron, it's like dark the first time around, it's like a darker film, it, it feels like it, you know, where the, but like in the scheme of things, like Infinity War is really dark um, for our Avengers, and seeing them united, just, it's, it's really good, it's kind of good to see them break bend a little bit, there's a lot of um, prelude to Civil War with Tony and Cap, I mean, Tony making Ultron makes a lot of sense, there's, you know, the, the the payoff of him making Ultron. I mean, all of his movies have led up to him making Ultron uh, to save humanity. So the Avengers didn't have to assemble. So there wasn't more chaos. Hence, he caused much chaos through the Mind Stone, which we learn is in Loki's staff. Um, had a big influence on him. And uh, I rewatched Infinity War this morning and thinking Iron Man goes toe-to-toe with Thanos, and yeah, I've watched a lot of these theory videos, I mean, it's probably in line with a lot of what you might have already heard, but I really, when Thanos says to Tony, Tony says, you know who I am, and uh, Thanos says, yeah, I'm the only, yes, uh, you're not the only one cursed with knowledge, knowledge, uh, Mind Stone, end game, I mean, things aren't, and they're a little, um, I, I there's little musical scores there that kind of signal, you know, signal. There's more to come out of that scene. But back to uh, Ultron. Um, yeah, at the time, I remember a lot of the response to Ultron was that they wanted him to be a bit more menacing in the film. Um, I, I don't know. I, th- I thought it was a fucking solid movie. I went to see it a couple times and enjoyed it every time um, the vision introduction was so cool I never knew anything about vision before um, that movie and man that was cool I liked that you didn't know I didn't know what was gonna come out of that case you know I thought I really thought they doubled down on the holy shit we fucked up but uh, vision was introduced and uh, you could see the sparks between him and Wanda right off the bat so the next one a month or two after we a month or two after we got to Ultron, we got to come, we got a nice little come down with Ant Man, which I think they, um, I really think the MCU is getting big on doing these little come down, like the the lighter tone superhero movies in light of the darker ones, because Ant Man was a breath of fresh air. It really was. It was, um, and it, 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 we did get to see some immediate results of the Ultron. Um, post Ultron world, um, Hank Pym mentions mentions the they're probably too busy. He's talking about the Avengers. He says they're probably too busy dropping cities on people. You know what they did to save the Sc- Scovia. What they did to save that city was basically just 
it still had to be destroyed and they got as many people off as they could but a lot of people died and if you really look at it it's Tony's fault so um, you know there's a lot of there's a lot of angst in the world so there's a lot of little leading up to civil war which is where we're gonna see Scott Lang move from here to here we learn uh, Captain America his story really comes to a climax in this uh, third installment of his trilogy and for the first time we we get to see Iron Man as the main antagonist uh, whether or not you want to admit that that's what he is playing in this movie um, it, he is but it's easier to take a side I mean if you hadn't seen any of the Iron Man movies and you've you, which you rightfully can really just like if you just cut out Iron Man and watch everything else like this movie would it really would make a lot of sense You, it really feels like Tony turned but it's kind of hard to be against Tony when he's got Spider-Man on his team you know um but, but you know like the article says the Avengers are divided over the Sokovia Accords which requires superheroes to be regulated and controlled by the United Nations this is where it gets real political we finally get to meet Black Panther I mean how about a, a Captain America movie introducing um as big a characters as Black Panther and Spider-Man in one movie risk upon risk upon risk I mean the fact that Spider-Man was joining the MCU you didn't think at that point I didn't think the ball could get rolling anymore but we were just getting started you know um I really really am in awe of Captain America Civil War to this day and it's been like three four years um three years I don't know and uh followed not long after by Doctor Strange Stephen Strange but the Stephen Strange Doctor Strange very good standalone film CGI effects on point um you know we, we do wonder is this the strongest character we've seen in the MCU to date uh, or one of the strongest powers or forces and I believe it, it is and was uh, I really I think Doctor Strange still has a further point in the MCU if he somehow gets survived uh, fuck uh, okay um, Doctor Strange I mean I, I can't overemphasize how lucky we are to have Benedict Cumberbatch in the role of Doctor Stephen Strange um just what a phenomenal actor I, I actually really got into him via Sherlock on BBC and if you haven't watched that and you're looking for something just real solid real quick binge watch I go over to watch Sherlock if you haven't seen it yet it's British as fuck but it's a f very good show I mean if you like shows like Breaking Bad Game of Thrones you should watch Sherlock if you like to see uh, Doctor Strange you should watch Sherlock you'd, you'd really really like it and then I'm trying to remember when this was. I think it was like next to a year later we got Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which I liked. You know, it's hard for me to say out loud that I didn't love, love, love the movie, but at the time I, I, had, I enjoyed it. I always really, when I want a MCU movie, I do like when it connects to the greater overall like the, you know, the Power Stone was introduced in the first Guardians. But the fact that we got this um, sequel with all the character building, all the world building, getting more attached to these characters, it's just good to know them better. And the fact that, honestly, we do have a slight standalone um, Guardians film that really doesn't pull too far back into, like, the Infinity um, 
Infinity Saga and may actually be propelling us into the Phase 4. In the, it's like another one of those long scheme things, long haul things. The fact that half the movie that Peter was coming to terms with who he was, um, where he came from, and where he, where he wanted to go was necessary. And a lot of the events in Endgame would have been unearned if we didn't get the events of this movie. And the end of the movie, um, father and son Cat Stevens playing with uh, with Yondu, um, oh, the passing, uh, you know, he ain't your daddy. That was pretty good. Yeah, uh, but he may be your father, but he ain't your daddy. Good moment. Spider-Man Homecoming. This was a great movie on its own. I really liked Fulcher. Um, it was a little bit nerve-wracking when we were bringing another Spider-Man franchise into the fold. Um, the second one in like 15... Third one in like 15 years. Which is kind of a weird number. But I mean, the Spider-Man 3 came out in 06. Then we had... Garfield Spider-Man, which I just wasn't anything about Garfield. Like Garfield the Spider-Man, didn't like the movies. Didn't like the twist, didn't like the tone. Um, and it was at peak MCU, so this was like a right around Avengers time, so it's hard to... My imagination can only stretch in so many directions, and if I want to fully really be into one of these things, I really just want to be into one of them. I don't know why. I'm, I'm more, I'm gonna, I want to be more open. I mean, could probably have time to be after uh, Endgame. Um, Spider-Man Homecoming uh, really it, it excites me in hopes that we get to keep Spider-Man um, I hope Sony really doesn't I'm sorry I hope they don't screw us on this one because what they did was they got their power <laughs> and now they gotta have their responsibility right because I'm worried that they're gonna with the success of the Spider-Verse with the in quote success of Venom I'm trying to build the universe like it's like a it's kind of like they're strong arming us and strong arming Marvel which bugs me but in a way it's they're not strong arming Marvel they're strong arming Disney which is a powerhouse either way we're getting great movies and nothing crazy has happened yet and I'm assuming that any announcements being made are probably yet to be made only because this movie's going to change everything that we're about to see this week um the next one comes and the next one in line is Thor Ragnarok like I've said we've talked about this one we don't have to go too far into it but we um the lighter tones while Asgard is being destroyed is a little um ominous but man it's a space odyssey and it's uh something we haven't seen it's a journey we haven't seen Thor on yet and it was an original take on a Thor story and listening to an interview um I, I really heard Chris Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth, out of his own mouth, said that um, it really brought a lot of life to the character. It, it brought him back into the character. He felt like he was able to put his own spin with Taika Waititi, Cole, you know. Uh, Odin dies. So I always, you know, Hela, I really... From the minute uh, I saw the trailers for Thor Ragnarok, from knowing the Avengers Infinity Saga comic, vaguely, you know, the story, um, I, I did read that comic, one of the few comics I've read, I really feel like she's playing the part of the Mistress Death. I really do. Um, I think she's going to come into the fold in Endgame, but nobody's talking about that. I don't know anything about Endgame. I don't know any spoilers, so this is a prediction. So if this happens, don't be mad at me that I didn't spoil it. It was a humble prediction. I really hope it happens. 
yeah, Thor's hammer uh, gets destroyed, and he saves the day, uh, kind of. He, he destroys his own world, but he, has to, he saves the people. Asgard is a people. But as we soon learn, um, <laughs> Asgard is like the people are dead because Thanos comes and fucks shit up right after they leave the end of the post credit scene but then we get Black Panther man right before Infinity War what in the world is going on we're thinking how can they keep producing these mega hits Black Panther um the I was confused but in I was confused about the fact that I thought Captain America was hiding out in Wakanda but he was just hiding out Bucky, so that was a mistake on my part. That was like when I was watching it. So I was like thinking Captain America was going to make a cameo, and then Bucky did in the post credits. Um, but Killmonger was a great villain. Getting to see, um, oh, why can't I think of that other guy's name? Um, oh God, the guy from Age of Ultron who got his arm ripped off. Crane, he, he, the guy who plays Gollum, man, really. Um, I, I should know his name off the top of my head, but I'm going through all these names. He's he's amazing. I hope he doesn't hear this. He probably never will. Why would he? Why would he? And then that leads us up to Infinity War. And how could I forget Ant-Man and the Wasp? We dig further into the quantum realm. We get to go back in time yet again to a lighter time post the Dark Avengers movie. See a bit lighthearted, a bit more of a lighthearted story, but post credit scene in that is as dark as can be. Scott's trapped in the quantum realm, and I believe that's going to have to do uh, a lot to do with this next film. Well, I kind of, yeah, I guess I did. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's skipping something. I don't know. We know what happens in Infinity War, man. We know that one. Thanos goes on his rampage. I'm really interested in what he was thinking in the background still of all of the timeline of the MCU to this point. Um, what made him pounce. But the Endgame and Infinity War are, from what I've heard, what I've been told, two parts to one story. Infinity War is great. It's going to have stand on its own for one year. It's one of the darkest uh, superhero movies of all time. But Endgame is going to bring that story to a whole. And I, for one, am ready to do whatever it takes to get that mission done. Cheesy is all living hell. Um, that is all I've got for an Avengers-themed episode for you today, folks. But Eric, aren't you going to send it off with like a song or something? Like you usually would. Thank you for coming by the Mr. Honest Podcast. I sincerely hope you do enjoy your viewing of Endgame. And if you're not a fan of the MCU and you're still here, I hope they remember you. Because I don't know how you sit through anything you're not that interested in. Yes! Come back again next time on Mr. Honest. Any thoughts, questions, concerns, advertisers, whatever, email Mr. Honest Podcast at gmail.com. Hit me up on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and we're